This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 23. I I love Matthew 23 because... This is where Jesus exposes the Pharisees for who they really are. I mean, he's, he's been telling his disciples how they are and how their hearts are not right with God and how they just put on a good show. But now he, he's going to be surrounded by a bunch of Pharisees who've come to question him. They brought this expert in uh, to question him and try to stump him so that they can arrest him and, and, and have him killed. And, and right there in the midst of them, Jesus is just going to just throw down the gauntlet and just expose these Pharisees before the very eyes of these crowds that have surrounded them and the Pharisees themselves and his disciples. Um, Jesus has been walking around for about three to three and a half years bringing so much hope to people, right? He's healed thousands upon thousands. He's cast out demons. He's raised dead people back to life. Jairus' daughter, uh, Lazarus, the, the woman of Nain's uh, son, uh, when she was on her way to bury her son, Jesus raised them back to life. He has shown so much compassion to people, just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, feeding them with two fish and five loaves of bread and 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 just meeting their needs. Even when he's worn out and tired, he was still taking care of, of people's needs. And, and the people, they, they couldn't get enough of him. And, and it's easily understandable. And during his three years, the religious leaders, they've been sparring with him back and forth, just trying to get him to slip up so that they could prove that he's not the Messiah. But the problem is, he is the Messiah, and they just don't understand that. Um, they would get so angry with Jesus at times, they would literally pick up stones and try to stone him but he would always escape from their midst. Uh, they never accomplished their goal uh, until a few days later when Matthew 23, um, what happens in Matthew 23, they're going to have him um, crucified on a cross. Uh, and like I said, in Matthew chapter 22, the last chapter, they finally gave up. Um, they, you know, they've been trying to stump Jesus. He would put them in their place and shame them in front of everybody openly. Uh, and then at the end of Matthew 22, they finally give up because Jesus had embarrassed that expert that they had sent to try to stump him, the expert of the law. And so they, they realized, we're just, we're just no match for this guy. Now, here in Matthew 23, Jesus, like I said, is going to lay down the gauntlet. I mean, it's like he's going to take a spiritual baseball bat and just beat the living daylights out of out of these Pharisees uh, spiritually and expose them for who they they really are and in it like I said in the end of Matthew 22 there's these group of Pharisees that have surrounded Jesus and he is in the midst of them and and and, and you want to talk about a pair of cojones man he 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 does not back down whatsoever uh, standing in the midst of these Pharisees it says here's what Matthew writes then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, 
The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. And you can see he's kind of uh, building them up a little bit before he, he starts slamming them. And he's standing in the midst of them. So you got to get that picture in your mind. you got this huge crowd of people, maybe thousands, because everywhere Jesus went, people gathered. And, and then you got he's surrounded by his disciples and these Pharisees, and he's standing riding, right in the midst of them. And, and he says, these, these Pharisees, these uh, teachers of the, the law, uh, they, they are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, because what they're telling you is right. But don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they, what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes and scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. And they love to sit at the head of the banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. And they love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone on here uh, uh, anyone on earth as father for only God in heaven is your father and don't let anyone call you teacher for you have only one teacher the Messiah the greatest among you must be a servant and he said that several times and he's uh, and he's shown the uh, example of that which is why he's able to slam these Pharisees because they're not being the example they should be and then uh, Jesus says but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus acknowledges and gives credit to the Pharisees, telling this crowd that is gathered around and his disciples that, hey, they are the official interpreters of the law. They, they do a great job of that. They study the law. They know it like the back of their hand, and, and, and they teach the law. They do that part well. And he encourages the people to listen to them and obey what they say. Um, but he says... After building them up for a second, he lays down the hammer. He says, the gauntlet. He says, don't follow their example. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Why is that? Because they're legalistic. They're very legalistic. If you've ever been a part of a legalistic church, you know exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, when I first got into ministry, I was in one of those legalistic churches and it was an absolute nightmare. My first week there, we were called pagan uh, by some members because we put up a Christmas tree. And they were talking about, like, the first the very first Wednesday night that I was there, somebody else was teaching. And these people would have to pass by our house to get to the church building, and they saw our Christmas tree. Well, their lesson that Wednesday night was why it's wrong to have Christmas trees in your home. And, and they literally came and brought us some food over and called us pagan because we had the Christmas tree. And they said that every time you put a present under the tree, you are bowing down and worshiping the tree. The most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but that's what you get with these legalistic churches. Um, the Monday after I, I, I preached my first Sunday, taught my first uh uh, Bible study that morning, uh, Sunday school class is what we call it here in the South. Um, and that Monday, the following Monday, the next day, the lady that comes and she cleans the church building and she, and she knocks on my door 
and I told her to come in, and uh, and she opens the door, and she just says, uh, "Can you call it Bible class instead of Sunday school? Because sun- saying Sunday school just sounds denominational." And I was like, uh, "Well, I say at the time I was around 30 years old, and I was like, well, you know, for 30 years I've been calling it Sunday school because I'm am from the South, and that's just what we call it." But I will try my best. But if I do slip up and say Sunday school, which I did, I mean, that's just what I called it. Uh, I said, please don't be offended. Um, but th- that just gives you some ideas of what it's like to be in a le- legalistic church. Uh, also, in the same church, I had a puppet ministry and wrote my own puppet skits and stuff. And one of my puppets had a shirt that said, cool. Uh, and and this uh, was a guy puppet, and he wore an earring. Well where I kept the puppets was in a closet in the church building and I went to get the, the puppets out one day to, to prepare for a skit and noticed that Cool had lost his earring all of a sudden. It was gone. Somebody had taken out his earring. They told me I couldn't wear because uh, I'm from Tennessee and I'm a huge Tennessee Volunteers fan. And so I, I used to wear a lot of Tennessee clothes. And uh, um, when we moved up there, uh, which was in Iowa, uh you either were a Hawkeye fan or uh, uh, oh, what was the the Iowa State Cyclones. You had to be one of the two, and and so they told me I couldn't wear my Tennessee clothes anymore because I, I uh, uh, they wanted me to wear uh, uh, they wanted me to fit in. I guess is was what they were trying to say, and they were saying, "Well, me wearing my Tennessee clothes, it just didn't it didn't look good up there. It, it, it was just an absolute nightmare." Uh, because it, it was very legalistic. And that's the way the Pharisees were. They, they were very legalistic. And they would take the law and interpret the law. They were fine there. But what they would do was they would start making these traditions and they would interpret their interpretation. And they would make their interpretation more binding than the law itself. And that's why they were going to Jesus and saying, why is your disciples not washing their hands ceremonially before they eat? Why is your disciples out there in the grain field picking the heads of grain off and working because you had to shuck that grain to be able to eat it? I mean, it was just legalistic stuff over and over and over again. And it was an absolute nightmare that they have, they have put, Jesus said they put these burdens on the people and they don't lift a finger to ease the burden. And Jesus says that everything that they do, it's for a show. And, and what they did on their arms, on their forearms, they would wear these boxes. And, and they also wore them on their foreheads. Um, uh, it was called phylacteries. And it, this comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. And Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. And this is what uh, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Remember Jesus when, when the expert came and questioned Jesus, that was the verse that Jesus told him was the greatest commandment. And uh, he says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Now, here it is. Tie them, these scriptures, tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so what they did, these Pharisees would wear these phylacteries, and the bigger the phylacteries, the more scriptures they knew, the smarter they were. But see, it was all outward. They got a small phylactery. Well, they're not as smart as that one where it's got this big old phylactery on his forehead or on his forearm. 
but it was all about the outward show. See how smart I am. Look how much scripture I know. See how uh, I'm learning scripture and knowing scripture and getting closer to God and living for God. Um, and if you ever heard that statement, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, the Pharisees have shown over and over and over again that they don't care about people. They care about themselves. They they thought that they were above the common folk. That's why Jesus talks about that story where the Pharisee is in the temple along with this sinner. And the, the uh, Pharisee is saying stuff like, I'm glad I'm not like this person over here. I, I give this much tithe and I, I pray like this and I fast this much. And, and then you got this sinner over here who won't even lift his head to heaven, won't even open his eyes. His head is just bowed and he's just beating on his chest and saying, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that is the one who went home justified before God, not this religious Pharisee who's all in it for the show. And Jesus says one of the things that they did was wear extra long tassels. And this idea of these extra long tassels or the tassels themselves, it comes from Numbers chapter 15, 38 and 39. It says, tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. So these tassels were to remind them of the commandments of God and to not only would it remind them of the commandments of God, but to, to do them. And this is a great thing, you know, to memorize scripture, to post. Uh, I know people who take post-it notes and post, post-it notes all over the place with scripture on it just so that they can be reminded. Uh, I get a daily um, uh, scripture from uh, somebody. I don't know who, who sends it, but I get it texted to my phone. Every day I get a scripture, and I'm constantly reading the word for this podcast and, and, and breaking uh, breaking scripture down. So I'm constantly in the word and, and I encourage you to, to be in the word. If you're not reading the word on a daily basis, start out with a verse or two, get it texted to your phone, get it sent to your email. Uh, however, that, that, uh, you can get some word of God in, into you because, uh, our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we want our faith to grow, yes, we got to be in the word but the problem with these pharisees were that they had the word in these boxes and the bigger the boxes it's all about show look at my big old box look how much bible i know look at my extra long tassel uh that that's to remind me of these commandments that god has given to me and and look just look at me and that's what it was all about just look 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 at me look at me do this listen to me say this type of prayer um and so the issue is not that they had the phylacteries or the tassels. It's the exaggeration of the phylacteries and the tassels. Uh, they made these things larger so that they uh, would appear more religious. And Jesus says that the Pharisees, that they put on a good show for everybody. But don't, you can listen to what they say and teach, but don't follow their example. And if you've been a Christian very long, you can spot people like this um, um, immediately. If you're around them just a little bit, you can see their hypocrisy. Um, Jesus says that the Pharisees love to sit at the, the head at the head of the table at banquets and in the seats of honor and in the synagogues. They love to, to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. And you know what this screams of? Ego pride. 
Their, their heads are this big around and they're, and they're walking around with their noses in the air because they have big egos and they want people to feed those egos and they love to be called rabbi. Um, well, now we've covered this passage before, but in Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 11, the Pharisees are sitting at a table and they're jockeying for position and they're, they'll sit in the place of honor and then every time that somebody would come in the room that had uh, more, uh, they, were, they were more honorable than they were, they were, they've been in the system longer or what, however you want to put that, um, they would have to get up out of that place of honor and move to somewhere down at the foot of the table and be embarrassed so that that person could sit in the place uh, uh, you know they had more seniority uh, they they were more distinguished if you will they would have to get up and move down the the foot toward the foot of the table and be embarrassed so this person with more seniority or who was more distinguished can have the seat of honor and this would just keep going on and on and on and on again and uh, Jesus he just points this out to his disciples about how uh, th- these Pharisees, they're so full of pride and they have no idea what humility was about. And Jesus says that they love to sit in places of honor and be called rabbi. And Jesus turns around and says, don't let anybody call you rabbi. For you you have only one teacher and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters, which is why we in the church, those of us who are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we call each other brothers and sisters in the Lord, sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. Now, not to pick on any certain religion, but I guess the Catholics just missed that verse because Jesus says, don't address anyone here on earth as father. For only God in heaven is your Father. And we know the Catholics refer to their their priests as Father. Um, but that's for another podcast on, a, on another day. Uh, don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. So Jesus elevates himself here above the teachers of the law, these Pharisees. He says, I am your teacher. I am the model that you should follow because I practice what I teach. So follow me. It's like what Paul says. I can't remember if it's in Ephesians or Galatians. But he says, follow my example. And that's, you know, that's the thing about us. Can people follow our example? Do they see Jesus in us? Do the way that we live, does it pull them closer to Jesus? Or does it take them further from Jesus? Because if we follow the Pharisees' example, the Pharisees are not leading the people to God. And that's why Jesus is saying, don't follow their example. Follow my example because I, I'm, I'm taking you to the throne of God. And we're to have Jesus living inside of us if we're washed in the blood of Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. And people should be able to follow our example. And he's, he's warning them, don't follow the example of the Pharisees. So before dropping the gauntlet, Jesus makes everything perfectly clear. The greatest among you must be a servant. Something the Pharisees aren't, they're not going to do that. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, how many times has Jesus told this to his disciples? And not only did he tell his disciples that they need to be servants, he would say something like, the first will be last, and the last to be first. 
And he's going to model this in John 13 when he washes the disciples' feet. But he constantly modeled um, this example of, of, of practicing what you preach and, and being a servant. In other words, being a servant is putting the needs of other people first, something the Pharisees absolutely had no clue how to do because they didn't do it. They only cared about themselves. They were very selfish. They were very prideful. They had to feed their ego instead of meeting the needs of their community and the people that lived and that they were teaching. They just cared about themselves. And Jesus was that ultimate example of, 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 of a servant and, and, and pouring himself out into others and meeting other people's needs. And John tells us a great example, as I said a while ago, when Jesus washes their feet in John 13. And I want to read that just real quickly because it's just beautiful. And Judas was here. Judas was going to betray Jesus this night. This is the night of their, their last Passover meal, the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed, and he'll be on a cross in the morning and hang on a cross for six hours that next day and die and be buried for three days and then rise again on Sunday, uh, which we just celebrated Easter. Here's what John writes. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on the earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had come from God and would return to God. And so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. See, this is something a slave would do. Because when, uh, when they first walked into a house... They would have a slave that would wash the people's feet because they just wore sandals and their roads were, you know, dirty. They were made of dirt. They didn't have paved roads. They had some roads that had stone on them from the Romans. But for the most part, they walked around on dirt roads. And so their feet would be dirty. So they would have a slave to wash their feet when they first come into the house. But no disciple washed anybody's feet. They were worried about themselves and wondering who's going to sit at the Father's, uh, sit at Jesus' right hand and left hand in places of honor when he comes into his kingdom. That's what they were worried about. And Jesus had been telling them this time is coming and that he's about to die, and yet they're not, they're not taking that into account. And so Jesus gets up from the table, grabs a towel and a water basin, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And he's drying their feet, and he goes all around the room and uh, John writes, when Jesus came to Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never wash my feet. That's a slave's job, and you're the Messiah. You're not, you're not doing this. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter said, whoa, 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 whoa. Then wash my hands, wash my head as well, Lord. Not just my feet. Just wash me all over, Jesus. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, in other words, showing you an example of humility, uh, you ought to wash each other's feet. Be servants to one another, is what he's saying. <clears throat> I have given you an example to follow. 
Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus says, do as I have done to you. I have showed you this example of being a servant. I have washed your feet. Now you do the same thing to each other. You wash each other's feet. And Judas is in this room right now. Jesus just washed the feet of his betrayer. That's powerful stuff. And Jesus says, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So in other words, do them. You be servants and God will exalt you in due time. I guarantee you, if if I was a bet man, which I'm not, but if I was a bet man and I threw down some money, I, I would put it down on the fact that not one Pharisee has ever washed anybody's foot or feet for that matter because they're prideful. And they were, they were all in it for themselves. They were all in it for show. Because a slave was the one who, or a servant was the one who washed the feet when a person entered the room. And, and we actually have an example of this when Jesus was invited to some Pharisees' home and, and the uh, woman comes in to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair and that Pharisee is sitting there thinking in his mind, if he knew who this woman was, he would not let her wash his feet like the, like she's doing with her tears and her hair. He would, If he was the Messiah, he would send this woman away. And Jesus calls him out in front of everybody out loud. And he says, this woman is preparing me for my death. She she said, he said, since she has come in, she has continued to wash my feet with her tears and her hair. You never offered one time to wash my feet when I came into your home because he's a Pharisee he's prideful he's arrogant he don't care about you he cares about himself Uh, a Pharisee is not going to do what a servant would do they would never stoop that low and this is why Peter has such an issue with it the Messiah Jesus he's the greatest human being that's ever lived who's think about he came down from heaven a place that we can't even begin to fathom that it was like. But he he's God, and he's God in the flesh, and he's been in heaven where everything is perfect. you got all these angels and seraphim and cherubim, they're worshiping him and everything. And he set that all aside, and he come down to this earth and lived for three, three and a half years. And, and God has now put on flesh, and God, who was sitting on this glorious throne in heaven, is now doing a slave's job. You see, Jesus not only taught God's word, he modeled God's will. Something the Pharisees should have been doing the whole time, but they didn't. So in the next uh, podcast, we'll finish up Matthew 23, and we'll see that Jesus just continues to slam these Pharisees. But before we go today, I want to issue a challenge to you, and it's simply this. And I've, I've got it written on a, 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 a whiteboard in my uh, delivery truck, my little Debbie uh, delivery truck. And it says, be Jesus, exclamation point. And I, I see that every time I walk out, be Jesus. Don't be the Bible police, just be Jesus. Tell people about Jesus and model what he taught. Be Jesus. 
God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.